0: piece of advice is around time um time can either be time is a constant right you can't you can't mess with time Yeah, you know, leave it to elon musk and bezos to, to mess with space but you, you still no one can really mess with time
1: until you change the laws of physics we're stuck
0: exactly which you know I, I won't hold my breath but maybe in our lifetimes <laughs> um And with time is, you know, again, it's for you or against you. When you're first starting out, it's really important that you don't have time being against you. And the thought is, you know, as a side hustle, you know, nights and weekends, you have a salary, you have your health insurance being taken care of you. But as soon as you leave your job to focus on this, this hustle, and that hustle isn't to the point where it's actually paying your salary or paying for, for what you need, then time becomes against you. Right. So Mm. really, really be smart about when you make that decision to go, Full time with a project, you know, how you want to approach it. Um-
1: Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that has grown several startups and seven, eight figure businesses, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we focus on helping startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and feel free to grab some time to chat. Now today we have a great guest on the podcast, Jesse Lakes, and this is a quick introduction. Uh, Jesse uh, graduated from college um, fourteen years ago. Was uh, built a series of websites that was, I think, in um, music that was associated with extreme sports films and those uh, type of things. Was uh, earning uh, affiliate revenue. I think it was also a whitewater guide. If I, if a whitewater rafting <laughs> guide, yep. if I remember right. And then uh, noticed uh, much of his traffic on his website was international, um, and so kind of made a bit of a pivot there that he'll get into, wrote a book about some of the solutions. Apple got mad, they flagged him a few times, and decided rather than deal with them, they just hire him. And then after doing that for a period of time, uh, decided to kind of go back on, on his own and do what you're doing now. So with that much as an, introdu- as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Jesse.
0: So excited to be here. Thank you.
1: So I gave kind of the the quick thirty second run through of your journey, which never does it justice. So maybe take us back to graduating from college, starting to do your whitewater rafting, your website, and let's uh, have a good conversation.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, the good old days, right? Uh, you know, done done with college, done with structured life, and it's a it's a new adventure. Um, hmm. So moved from Western Montana to to Colorado. Um, did a couple of different odd jobs. But yeah, as you, you mentioned, I uh, kind of fell into this, this whitewater rafting thing. Um, I'd always been a, a big fan of whitewater, um, extreme sports in general, a lot of snowboarding growing up, etc. But um, yeah, it mm. was uh, kind of led to this uh, endless summer lifestyle, which um, worked out really well in my 20s. I spent my summers in, in Colorado, uh, working on the Cash Laputa River up in uh, northern Colorado. And then my winters would go down to uh, Costa Rica and uh, live in this little town called Tirialba and work on the Pacuare River. Uh, I worked for this adventure travel company that would to kind of take me all around that amazing country uh and it was it was a great it was a great lifestyle um but ultimately i was a i was a bit of an entrepreneur at heart and had this, this little side project so again extreme sports were an important part of my my upbringing loved music um and tried to combine those into these uh yeah these websites that took these soundtracks from extreme sports films and linked up the different songs to to links to itunes and amazon of course those links were affiliate links so i could i could monetize the site and uh reward my my time and passion put into it um mm. and those those websites uh really kind of caught on seems that there's uh, some some great affinity between uh skiers and snowboarders and surfers and these films and the music in those films so i got really kind of lucky to stumble upon that and uh had this great hockey stick growth in traffic which was awesome that's what everyone wants but unfortunately mm. um the revenue just wasn't following the same path the revenue was really kind of kind of linear. Um, and that was, that was a bit of a frustration for sure, uh, led to num- numerous head-scratching moments, but uh, finally kind of had my aha moment when I realized, as you mentioned, that the, the websites had, had evolved internationally. Um, turns mm. out there's skiers and snowboarders and surfers all over the world that love these same videos. Uh, in my nativity, I was only linking to the US um, iTunes store and the Amazon.com store to sell this music. So I was essentially mm. serving up broken links to this mass majority of my audience that was now outside the US, they were essentially getting a, a broken link. It was a dead end buying experience. So AHA was realizing that, that was happening. The oh no was uh, just realizing that was why I was missing on the money. And uh, from that moment, kind of really started to think about how a link should be dynamic, how it should be smart, how these shoppers in other parts of the world should be able to get to that same music that their, their brethren here in the US were, were able to enjoy. Mm. Um, so pinged my college roommate who uh, happened to be a uh, engineer at Microsoft at this point and said, hey, can we make a link that's dynamic that can kind of change based off of where someone's located? And uh, it turns out that that's uh, not too hard of a challenge at, uh, at its face, but uh, there's obviously lots of intricacies, which is why we're still in business you know, a decade later. Um, mm. So focused on that problem for for quite some time. So, um, so
1: maybe just as a, as a quick dive in or question or follow-up question to that. So you're doing the this is, I assume, but I, I won't assume is a kind of a side hustle, right? In the sense you're doing the whitewater rafting guide is a kind of a full-time gig. And then the affiliate revenue is kind of the side hustle or side revenue that is, you know, passive income, so to speak, that you enjoy it. You're passionate about it and you might as well earn a little bit of money. So Bingo. as you were to reach out to the, you know, the college roommate or the person that's working at Microsoft now, was that just kind of, Hey, just wanted to, make my uh, side hustle a little bit better? Or was it, Hey, I'm going to make more of a business out of this, or I think I can make, you know, if it, all of it, I can make more money internationally, or kind of, was that more of just a passion project or side project? Or was it more of, no, we're actually going to start to turn this into a business.
0: It it evolved through that whole scale. Yeah. You know, it was you know, really, okay. Let's just make this easier. Let's just make this work. I'm I'm leaving money on the table. How do I fix that? Then we started diving into it. I started kind of opening my eyes to realize that I was not the only one with this, this, Problem. it was not unique in any means um so mm. after after working on this a bit and getting a working prototype we yeah thought what 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 if we kind of push this forward um mm. and at that same time i was writing this this book um uh, again itunes affiliate program amazon affiliate program um the itunes affiliate program one was was making me more money um and that was that was exciting but the, the itunes affiliate program was really challenging to use it was a great program but there was just really no documentation so uh, I needed to put together this documentation to pass to my friends so we could build the tools that would use it. At the same time, I ended up with this massive set of notes and binders and got the uh, encouragement from another friend who's now our, our CMO to, uh, to actually just spend some time and organize those thoughts and, and notes and, and write a book about it. So spent some time, uh, only spent a little bit of time that winter in Costa Rica, spent the rest of the time snowboarding and writing this book. Um, mm-hmm. And just as I was about ready to publish it, uh, I sent it off a couple copies to some people I found on LinkedIn. Uh, one in particular was this woman that actually worked at iTunes, uh, and I said, "Hey, check this out. I think uh, I think you'll appreciate this. You have got an amazing program, but the documentation's lacking. I think this will fill that gap." Hmm. Um, so I'd always been an Apple fanboy. I drink that Kool Aid a long time ago. <laughs> um, so I was hoping for a positive response, and lo and behold, uh, a cease and desist came back, um, and. Spent the whole day. I had to go raft for the day. So, I got the email in the morning, didn't have time to respond. Um, you know, mm. was scared all day. I was working my day job, you know, out of cell reception, out of, out of connection, out on the river. Um, came back, mm. was able to connect this woman. Um, we had this conversation, uh, hopped on the phone. First 30 seconds, very civil and polite. And the next 45 minutes was a, lo- a lot of screaming back and forth. You know, who, who was I, this person? they they've never heard of before. How could I possibly know anything about the affiliate program? Must all be lies. You know, publishing this information is only going to make her life and the program much more challenging. You know, I couldn't do it. There's no way they could let us do it, uh, so forth and so on. So we got to the end of this and agreed that I was not going to publish the book until they'd had some time to, to review it. And uh, that was that a was win-win. I was in no real big hurry. And actually having the person that was in charge of the affiliate program review my book was was perfect. Um, so I sent her off a copy of the book, or sent her, gave her the password to unlock the book, and then uh, didn't hear from her for, for a few weeks, and finally... Got word back. Um, and of uh, 160 pages, 60,000 words, there were uh, one typo. Uh, I was using someone's email address that I probably shouldn't. And I, I flip flopped one of the um, very minor aspects of, of the program. Um, mm. So at that point, the conversation drastically churned. Um, you know, hey, what are you doing? Why, why are you a RAF guide? Um, do you want to come work for us? And that was. Yes, I would love to. Again, Apple fanboy, yeah, go to the mothership, work on the affiliate program. This is this is so perfect. So um put everything so,
1: but the intent wasn't initially wasn't to really get a job. There were just, hey, I've already done all this research, or we were do it. I like your product. I you'd probably find this information to be helpful. Here you go, kind of a thing. And they found it helpful enough after going through it that they actually offered you a job. Is that about a fair summary? <laughs>
0: exactly came from yeah that fanboy mentality love what what's going on I want to I want to do something to prop this up so um started off uh as, as a contractor um my first um kind of kickoff they I was again kind of living in Colorado at that point you know kind of now I was now I was working at you know working for Apple as a contractor wasn't exactly an employee but um mm. so kind of put that the the other stuff to the side and focused on this uh flew down to Cupertino to have my first day um spent a handful of days down there just kind of getting um Onboarded. Uh, and it was about the last day before I was leaving, uh, one of the engineers mistakenly pushed out a change to the affiliate program and essentially broke it. Um, mm. So I came in knowing there were some challenges with the affiliate program, but it worked well to, you know, that end of that week, the, the program was, was fundamentally broken. Um, mm. So I spent the next nearly a month trying to get to the bottom of that. And it was this crazy digging journey um to really kind of understand what's going on was able to work with a lot of the engineers to kind of learn more it was a really um trial by fire and we got to the bottom of it but during that time enough partners had complained to to the head of apple that you yeah, know this is uh, or head of iTunes at that point eddie q that this 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 wasn't cool. Um, Hmm. so he made the mandate that they needed someone more technical than the woman that was managing, who does an amazing job. She's awesome. I absolutely love her. She's been, she's been great to work with, you know, uh, 45 minutes of yelling back and forth is the only time in all my years of knowing her that that's ever happened. But, um, Hmm. so they, they, uh, created this role, global program manager. Uh, and there was a very short list of who should take it. And luckily I was there. So I went from, you know, contractor to employee fairly quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. Moved down to to, to uh, sorry, moved from Colorado to to California, moved to the Bay Area, uh, traded my flip flops for a cubicle and commute, and couldn't have been happier. Um, it was Mm -hmm. was pretty crazy. Um, so spent a lot of time the next couple of years.
1: One question was it a mentality? I mean, that's a fairly good or big shift from going from whitewater rafting, extreme sports enthusiasts, and those type of things to now I'm going to have an office job, sit at a desk, and work a nine to five, so to speak. Was that transition easy? Was it or was it a difficult or was it a change in mentality or kind of how did that go for you
0: it, it definitely was a change of mentality I knew I was kind of um from all my friends a lot of my friends are, are have taken kind of the traditional path and, and been very successful with you know getting a good job getting a real job out of college and, and following that so I knew I was kind of um odd man out there I knew it was only a matter of time where I needed to stop playing and start working so it mm. just it seemed like it was time to you know stop being a Peter Pan and to, to finally grow up um <laughs> but Bay Area, you know, um, I was living in Cupertino, Santa Cruz is right over the mountains, um, being able to surf multiple times, you know, during the week in the afternoons, there's amazing mountain biking, it, it was not as much of a transition as is uh, one night, yeah, there's some some great extreme sports, uh, just right around the corner there. So it was yeah, definitely different, you know, with a, you know, cubicle commute where the, the two big differences, it was amazing working. You know, I love raft guides, big hearts, mm. not always the sharpest tools in the shed. Work at Apple, just being surrounded by people that are so much smarter than you was just this crazy, awesome experience to just, you mm. know, every conversation, you're learning something great instead of just, you know, <laughs> rehashing the same glorious stories with your RAF guide friends. I love them. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but very different work environment. Um, mm. So it was, it was definitely a transition, but I was ready for it. Um, it, mm. it was, it was time to, to jump into that. Um, so, and it so, was,
1: you, so you jump into that and you do that. I think it was for two or three years you worked for Apple. Is that right? Just about two years. Yeah. Just over two years. So then, and then how did you, so how, and then I think you transitioned out to, or transitioned out of Apple. So how did that go? Is you know, you loved it, enjoyed the job and what made kind of that shift or kind of moved you forward to where you're at today?
0: Yeah. Apple, again, great people, amazing job. Um, but one of the things, you know, again, I came in with this book about the affiliate program where I point out a lot of challenges and, and some solutions and I was being paid to kind of fix these solutions. But one of the things that um, I saw is they were paying me very well to make one of these fundamental problems worse. And that was what we can now call geo The whole idea that um, different affiliate programs, different storefronts, they're all separate. You know, these, these artists, amazing artists, you know, Lady Gaga, you know, uh, JLo, uh, et cetera, have worldwide audiences. So they need links that work internationally and I brought that problem to everyone's attention, but it wasn't a hair on fire problem for them. Uh, they wanted to continue to expand iTunes and they were very much on track. So we took a, I, you know, while I was there, they paid me well to triple the size of the affiliate program, triple the size of this problem. Uh, at mm. the same time I saw Amazon was also doing this exact same thing. So, you know, I knew that, um, you know, being my best friend uh, had this, you know, project we worked on before that solved this problem. And I saw it was only being made worse, not only mm. for iTunes or Amazon, et cetera. So again, Apple was amazing, um, but I'm an entrepreneur at heart. One of the things um, that, again, was a very important project, but we spent about six months working on uh, one project where the net result was these badges that only look slightly different than where we started. And that was was a little frustrating for me. Um, As an entrepreneur, feedback cycles are really important. Um, Having that feedback loop where I can work hard on something and see the results shortly afterwards, I'm addicted to that. That's mm. that's that gives me the adrenaline rush these days. So, I love to work hard when I can see my results. When I work hard for six months and barely see any change, that was I was a little disheartening. Um, mm-hmm. And again, there was other things, yeah, that made the job absolutely amazing. But that was that was kind of the realization that I'm not a corporate person at heart. I'm I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So, left on great terms. Uh, was able to help you know find and hire my replacement, um, and had this this great conversation relationship, uh, even, even after, after leaving. But yeah, in uh, hmm. February, of February, 2012, uh, said, said goodbye. And then uh, the next day um, came back into the office without my badge and uh, asked to have a meeting to talk about this, this problem they've got and how I could build a solution for them. And uh, it was really great to have these relationships again, that i would worked hard to, to help solve, but they were now interested in seeing what I could do to help solve this problem. Because again, it wasn't engineering level problem for Apple, but they knew it was a problem because i've been shouting about it for for two years um mm. and that was kind of the beginning of this uh it was initially called uh Geo before we rebranded to genius link but that that was kind of the initial real this is this is uh this is a business let's see if we can get apple on board and see where we can go from there
1: so, so now you uh, transition out of Apple and that was, you said, 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. And so doing, have you been doing the the business growing it ever since, or, you know, when you moved out of Apple, did you do anything else, explore anything else or just, Hey, we've got this idea now let's build a business around it.
0: Exactly. We've got this idea. We had an MVP that was working fine. Mm-hmm. Apple knows it's a problem. We see it's a bigger problem. Let's run with this. Um, so 2012 myself, and then, um, my fiance at the time so she was my girlfriend in colorado she came with me to california she also got a job at apple um she didn't as much as i loved my manager and uh still really respect her she did not have the best working relationship with her manager so she was at apple for i think a little over a year um and said i'm I'm done um so she was our kind of first employee so her and i moved back to the east coast her parents have a, a beach house um in uh in uh, bethesda uh or sorry um bethany beach uh uh, why am I mixing up on names now? Uh, so we went there quiet beach house this is in the winter, um, mm-hmm. and just put our heads down and really kind of focused on this this project. Um, we kind of made it our own little incubator. Um, the other founder uh the his name's Jesse as well, so Jesse P um, you know, he was still at Microsoft, but we had the plans that if we could hit certain thresholds within that you know uh, spring summer that he would uh, leave his job in the fall and, and join us full time for the for the next year and we did it. It was kind of this crazy adventure, but we, we slowly itched up and, and hit those
1: milestones. So now one qu one question. So you guys have been doing it for a while, but when you explain the issue makes sense. Yeah. I I get it. On the other hand, it's not one that I would have necessarily thought of, or it's not one that people are just saying, Oh, this is a problem that needs to be solved. You know, it's not one that comes directly to mind. And so as you're trying to build a business around that, how did you Find the market or create the market or find the people that would be actually willing to use your service and kind of you know how did you dive into that? Was it leveraging the Apple contacts you had? Was it hey I have a whole bunch of people that I know are in this industry and I'll reach out to them? Was it organic growth or kind of how did you build a business around the problem you would solved?
0: Very slowly. Um, it was yeah. You're absolutely right. It's an education challenge. Um, mm. Most people don't realize that this is a problem. Once they realized it's a problem, we were really one of the only solutions. So that getting to people to realize that their links were broken, um, was, was that huge marketing thing that we had to get through. Um, Mm -hmm. and once we did again, it was relatively easy to sell after that. So a lot of it was, um, just education in various manners, you know, direct education, you know, reaching out to, to websites saying, Hey, you know, your links are broken or inside forums, you know, talking about different affiliate programs, you know, kind of letting people know that this is going on giving examples, uh, etc. So mm. it was, yeah, it was a very slow process. Uh I worked on one of the greatest marketing teams in the world. I am not a great marketer myself. Um I have I have lots to learn. So that that was a really big challenge for me to kind of lead those efforts. You know, Shannon, my my wife, Jesse the uh, the CTO, the other partner, you know, they were building amazing tools and it was really on me to to kind of do the business development, do the operations and and move the business forward. Mm. Um and that was that was challenging. It was fun. You know, again, you, you send a great email, someone replies and they learn something, you move forward, you know, or you learn that that's actually way too long of an email and you should send way more succinct or, you know, mm-hmm. approach the, the the subject very differently. So learned a ton, uh, but it was a very slow process.
1: Now one last question. I, and I have lots of questions <laughs> that I'm sure we'll never get. Hopefully
0: that's right. not the last one,
1: <laughs> but I always say one last question that I'm like, oh, I really should stop saying that. Cause it's usually not my last question, but <clears throat> so you know, as early on, as you're getting a business up and going, you're creating those connections, you're figuring out how to market, you're figuring out who to sell it to, how to sell it, everything else. How did you support yourself in the sense that, you know, we're, if you're diving all in, you're saying, hey, I've I got this great idea. I think it'll work. It Usually, and it sounds like the same with you, takes a bit of momentum to get things going or building. It's not just overnight you have a big client base and they're all paying you a whole bunch of money to use your service. And so during those early stages, as you're starting to build a company, figuring out the marketplace, were you working side jobs? Did you have savings that you saved up that you could live off for a period of time? Did you move back into the parents' basement? All of the above, or how did you... Or, or get by yourself that time in order to build a business.
0: Yeah. So time is, time is an important aspect here. Um, so again, coming. So the, the short answer is, is uh, the first year we agreed to live off of our savings and see what we could do. Um, but living off of savings wasn't, you know, again, as a, as a RAF guide um, I, some years didn't make more than uh, the, the poverty line, whatever that is, you know, ten twelve thousand $12,000 a year. Um, so it was, I was really good at living frugally, really good at living frugally. So I went to Apple, um, it was, you know, Apple paid again, incredibly well. So I was able to put, you know, both Chan and I were able to put a lot of money into savings, um. It was also during that period where Apple stock was just kind of on on fire, um, and mm-hmm. we maxed out the paychecks to to get the, the stock options, etc. So, got really fortunate in that as well. So, we were we were mm-hmm. in a good financial position. And then again, when we left, we went to her parents' you know beach house. I wasn't living with her parents, but it was close enough they would come visit. Um, you know, to really that's minimize. Even better.
1: Then you get to live off, or live with the parents or live off the parents, but you don't have to deal or you can still keep a good relationship with them. So that that's a great way to do it.
0: Exactly, so did that for I think four or five months, and then went and lived with my parents for a few months uh, during the summer back in Montana. Uh, At that point, it was really starting to make sense that this was this was happening um, so shortly mm. afterwards, we instituted a thing where each founder would get ten percent of what we made the previous month, and that actually ended up being uh, enough money to to live off of So. Mm. Being able to bootstrap kind of deferring be able to take some revenue at first, and then you know having having that revenue come through um, we were we were super fortunate there so when the other Jesse left, he was able to go transition from one salary to another salary it wasn't the same salary by any means, but at least it was a salary
1: and now and how long give us an idea how long did it take to get to the point in the business that you were able to sustain it so to speak or you know that you're saying okay we we no longer have to live off of savings or we're you know we're reducing that you know what was that time frame or how long did it kind of take to get through that
0: probably a solid year um Mm. yeah we gave ourselves a year and yeah we, we took from it a little bit earlier than we needed to but it was also um we were super naive um again coming from apple microsoft had had expectations of what a salary should look like and knew that this is what we needed as a bare minimum to, you know, cover the mortgage cover, cover the other aspects. So hmm. a, a year um, plus or minus.
1: Okay. No. And that makes perfect sense. So now, let, now, last question. I, I got something to because it's there for the last question. So take us forward to today. So you, have you know, it took you a year. You built, you know, you got it to where it's profitable. You continue to build it up. You continue to make connections. You continue to educate the marketplace and all of those things. You know, that's you know, we're we're on eight years, nine years in business now. Is that right? something like that. I, so, <laughs> it's scary doing the math. <laughs> I always have to think, I'm like, ah, it's been a little while. But so, you know, where's that, where are you at today? And kind of what's the, the future of the business? Where are you taking it? Where are you heading? And is it one that has, you know, been on autopilot and you built a customer base and now it's a great product and you just continue to sell it? Are you continuing to build it or kind of what's, where are you at today and where are you taking it?
0: So awesome questions. I think we just skipped some of the most craziest stories, <laughs> you know, that the last nine years has been Mm. Insane. Um we're we're a bootstrap company. Um, you know, we're we're a small team. Um, but it's not a linear from there to here. Um, we've yeah, and hopefully some companies can just kind of do it, but ours mm. has been all over the place. We've had some some major trials and tribulations. So, we, yeah, you know, we've had some some um incidences where, you know, re- lost 50% of revenue in, in a matter of months. In fact, we've had nearly uh, well, three in particular, four close, where it's been just like, oh no, <laughs> you know, the the mm-hmm. the floor, the industry, the 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 model has completely shifted. Um, so yeah, it's um, yeah, I can get dive, to this. Maybe you,
1: just dive before we do the, the got to look at the future. What are are some of those? You know, because the problem is with most businesses, you always hear the highlight reel, right? You get to hear what are the great things, the successful things, that everything was one perfect and it was an overnight success. And it's usually, to your point, it's never that way. And there's always those bumps and, you know, things that change and you have to pivot and market changes and customers change. So what were some of those, you know, you mentioned 50, you know, without rehearsing every story in the last you know eight or nine years what were some of the things that are, are do stick out or be that are more memorable of things that you had to learn the way along the way or adjust for or otherwise uh taken the into consideration
0: for sure and this you know if i'm uh reading the future right you're going to ask me about some of the worst business decisions i've ever made <laughs> that is
1: that is always one of the last questions so don't give that away yet but maybe okay. some of the other decisions that you made
0: Sure. So um, we were subject matter experts, you know, again, written this book, spent time in the trenches at Apple. I knew the Apple affiliate program, iTunes affiliate program uh, incredibly well, having used Amazon's affiliate program as well. um, Also knew that space incredibly well. So Mm. we were really focused on those two affiliate programs. And because we were experts there, we were using those programs as our, as our revenue models. Um, Mm. So Apple, um, a little bit after I left, uh, made the very smart decision to consolidate all the different affiliate programs into one technology provider. Mm. And when they did that, they solved one of the two problems that uh, we we were solving with, uh, with the technology. As a result, a couple of our biggest clients no longer need us to solve that problem. So again, saw that revenue just disappear super quickly. Um, mm. Amazon um, Amazon's just been a, a crazy ecosystem to be part of. Obviously, they continue to grow like crazy. Uh, they continue to expand and innovate. It's, it's a very dynamic company. Yeah. We're based in Seattle. Um, most everyone I know is at least one degree separation from, from Amazon. It's a, yeah. Amazon owns Seattle these days. It seems like uh, Microsoft is a, yeah. Owns the outskirt and Boeing is giving it all up, but um, Amazon had uh, some hard lessons there as well. In in particular um, we're no matter how big we are, we're just a small fish. Um, and that was, that was kind of, yeah that was a hard lesson to learn it, from the rafting guide days. I, I learned a couple of times that ego ego is often your downfall. Um, and you know, a lot of raft guides have a lot of ego and, and for good reason, but the moment you get on that river, you're no better or, or worse than, than anyone else out there and you can get spanked for, for anything. So it was, it was a bit of a lesson again, seeing that in the corporate world as well as you got to check your ego. Um, so that was, um, yeah, when we play in Amazon's ecosystem, we may be, you know, have grown to be relatively big fish, but we're we're no better, no different than than anyone else. Um and that's that's good. It's humbling. Um, but because of that, we've put in put eggs in, in different baskets, um, or I guess are not putting eggs in enough different baskets and uh have, have seen some downfalls from that. Um yeah, different baskets. And I think that changes.
1: that's a, i think that's you know, we won't get into the necessarily the worst decision yet. But, you know, I <laughs> mean that's one that <clears throat> Anytime you put, you know, you hit your wagon, so to speak, with a given business or given business model, right, and it could be the iTunes or the Amazon or whichever with affiliate links, and then they can change their business model, they can change how they do things in a minute, and it can have a drastic effects on your business. And it's kind of almost, you know, taking down to the tangible world, you know phone cases are one that's incredibly in a uh, competitive market and the reason being is you have a phone case for a specific size of phone and if they change that size of the phone you're le- left with all the old inventory you're left with trying to sell it to the old phones and you have to make you know make the new or new or new case and the new inventory and i think there's you know overlays with that of if they change their business model how and it even easier change the software in the back end or they want to boot you out or they don't want to let it they can change how they're doing it and it can make life difficult so it sounds like you know they're are a few times that you went through that or had to figure out how to adjust with their business models that adjusted.
0: Exactly. You, you hit the nail on the head. It's a, uh, I always say they cough and you catch a cold, you catch pneumonia, right? It's a little ripple here, but it's a massive wave when it
1: hits you. Um, that are- can also be not to dive in. I think it can be one that's hard for cut your customers because they're saying i just want a product that work why does it continue to change or why does it not work like it used to what's taking the delay and you know just go back to how it was and you having to explain to them that it's not that simple that when they make a change we have to make a much bigger change
0: exactly so you know to to now go back to your earlier question we we have a full team continuing to innovate because the industry continues to change uh we we it's a just as much of a full-time gig now as it was you know <laughs> seven eight nine years ago um <laughs> Yeah, we've we've gotten, I hopefully knock on wood, smarter about how to make decisions and the direction that we're taking it, um the company, how we're we're working with our clients, et cetera. But you know, it's um yeah, just as busy, just as exciting. Uh more exciting now. <laughs> there's there's a lot more on the line. I got a whole family to support and you know, teams families to support. Um yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there's there's no taking the, the foot off the gas pedal. Um,
1: and yeah, it's a much different dynamic. When it's, when it's just you and you're working and it's like, well, if it doesn't work out, I can figure something out. You know, I don't have anybody else to worry about myself, but it is a much different dynamic when you grow the business. On the one sense, it can be more positive or lucrative and, you know, have a better, more stability and it can be beneficial. On the other hand, you're saying now I've got to worry about other people, not just myself. And it does always take on a bit of that different dynamic. Exactly. Which is so
0: fun it's you know the only constant of change right it, it would get boring if it was the same thing
1: that, that's a fair I think it's a very fair statement so well as we do now now look to wrap up the podcast so we you touched on it earlier, but we'll hit the last two questions I always ask, which our first one is is along your journey, what was your worst business decision, and what did you learn from it
0: yeah, so platform risk putting all your eggs in a basket it's um there's such a You got to know at the point where that's not smart, right? You can innovate a lot faster when you're super focused. hundred percent agree with that. You know, startup founders focus on one problem, run with it. But at a certain point you, you run into this, you know, especially for us, for us, this issue where that ecosystem that you're working in, you know, it, it evolves. It changes Just We're talking about, if you're not ready for that, you can be in big trouble. we, we were not ready for, for multiple of those changes. Um, and we were in big trouble. Uh, thankfully we have got a great team and great clients to kind of work ourselves through that, but mm. you know, just that reliance on Amazon, that, that, you know, putting all those eggs in that basket, um, at a certain point, no longer made sense. So, um, I wish I'd seen the bigger picture sooner. Uh, I wish I'd been, uh, more brave to stop building micro little features to make more, make that, you know, the tool more powerful in that ecosystem and just kind of, again, seeing the bigger picture of where this could go. And I, I'd like to think I'm getting better at that, with with lots of help from my team and from, from executive coaches, etc. Um, but it's it's important you see a vision that is not so pigeonholed and not so reliant on just a single partner. That again, that partner can change on a whim. And,
1: and what's interesting is, and you hit on it, is you know, we I had another person on the podcast that you know was completely different industry, and they were for batteries for drones, and they it started out as a hobby and they and ended up building it. But at the same token, they almost had the same experience of they went through and they built really cool features and lots of things for these batteries first. you know, really the most popular drones. And then the drone manufacturer changed the battery, you know, changed the whole uh, new came out with a new you know new drone different configuration different system and this, all this time and effort they put into making that drone battery system went to, went up in smoke and they had to one they st- stepped back a lot like you didn't said okay we can't be so dependent on one given model that if they change it that, that we're you know we lose all of our revenue and so it's just interesting how Different, you know, different or different industries, different products and everything else. And yet the lessons that we learn as entrepreneurs all are so have so many times are the same lessons, even though everybody's journey is different. So now we're going to jump to the second question I always ask, which is, so if you're now talking to someone that's just getting to a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them?
0: So great question. Uh, I had to ask my team about this. There was a couple of them we boil it down to. And I think that the best piece of advice is around time. Um, time can either be time is a constant right you can't you can't mess with time you know leave it to Elon Musk and Bezos to to mess with space but you, you still no one can really mess with time
1: until you change the laws of physics we're stuck
0: exactly which you know I, I won't hold my breath but maybe in our lifetimes <laughs> um and with time is you know again it's for you or against you when you're first starting out it's really important that you don't have time being yeah. against you and the thought is you know as a side hustle you know nights and weekends you have your salary you have your health insurance being taken care of you but as soon as you leave your job to focus on this this hustle and that hustle isn't to the point where it's actually paying your salary or paying for for what you need then time becomes against you right so Mm. really really be smart about when you make that decision to go full-time with a project you know how you want to approach it Um, money stress is one of the worst stresses in the world and it's it really sucks when you have to be innovating and building a company and this whole money stress thing is just not only from the company side, but also from a personal side as well, especially, you know, when you have a family, you're not um, as, you know, ad- adaptable as, as you were previously. So, yeah. No, really- and I
1: think it, sometimes to your point, money, money stress can make you make stupid decisions, right? In the sense that you have a great opportunity or you have something that really you should be doing, but because you're worried about either the quick dollar, or the quick buck or getting something out there or anything else, and you're making decisions that, Had you planned better, had you had savings aside, or had you had that roadmap or that bandwidth to breathe, you probably wouldn't have made those decisions. So I like that because I think that's one where too often you make, you can, when you get in a situation where money is the driver of only driver of the business, or you're making decisions based on what's a quick buck, it can make you make stupid decisions.
0: So true. So true. You've, you've talked to a few entrepreneurs in your day.
1: <laughs> I talked to a few entrepreneurs. I've been through it myself and I, I certainly know where you're coming from. So, so now as we, as we do wrap up and I said, always have more things to talk on than I wish I, or that wish we had more time, but keeping it to the a normal time frame for people that to want to get out of the rest of the day, so to speak. If people want to reach out to, they want to use your product, they want to be a customer, they want to be an investor, they want to be an employee, they want to be uh, a part of this, or they just want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to connect up, find out more and reach out to you?
0: Yeah, so um, LinkedIn is probably my favorite social social media way to go. Twitter is another good one. But uh, as long as you don't tell the spammers, it's JL at I sorry, GENI.US, JL at Genius um, is is the Mm -hmm. email, reach out directly to me there.
1: All right. Perfect. Well, I certainly encourage not the spammers, but for everybody else to reach out to you, uh, reach out to you, use your product. If it uh, fits with what they're doing, find out more and definitely something to support. Well, Jesse, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Now for all of the listeners out there, if uh, you have your own journey to tell, um, feel free to apply to be a guest on the podcast. Just go to inventiveguest.com. If you're a listener, also make sure to click subscribe so you can get notifications as all our awesome episodes come out. And please leave us a review so other people can find us as well. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents or trademarks or anything else, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law. We're always here to help. Just go to strategymeeting.com. Thank you again, Jesse. It's been a pleasure and good luck or wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you so much, Devin. It's been an absolute pleasure.